Let the believer say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Good morning. Good morning to you this day. This is the day the Lord has made for you. He's made this day for you. And He wants you to rejoice and be glad in it because He's got a good day for you. The devil tells you it's going to be no different than yesterday, but the devil's a liar. The devil says this week's going to be worse than last week, but the devil's a liar. The devil says you're not going to gain any ground this week, but the devil's a liar. Come on, now you just need to go ahead and get that in your spirit. The devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. I'm not going to believe him. He's lying to me, but I'm not going to believe the lie. I'm going to believe the truth. Amen? Because the truth will set you free. Amen. Good morning. So good to see you guys in the house of the Lord as we gather together to worship. He is worthy. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I don't know about you, but I am so glad for this stuff to get melted and gone out of the way. For us to get free passage without our vehicles getting so messed up. My vehicle looked so bad that I was ashamed to get in it. I went and got in somebody else's. I said, I'm not getting in that dirty thing. <laughs> but wow, it is, it's uh, good to have that stuff behind us and let us go forward um, and keep it away from us. That'll be a good thing. But how many of you gained any weight during the snow? No, I don't. <laughs> you were cooking things. You, you didn't realize you still had cooking skills. Your chef skills came back. And there were things you found in your freezer you didn't know you had, right? And uh, you said, let's thaw it out and see what it is <laughs> before we decide to cook it. <laughs> Some of you know what I'm talking about. Amen, amen. Wow. Well, we've gathered here to study God's Word. We had a tremendous uh, first service. Uh, we saw the, the move of the Spirit of God in a great way. And I thought maybe I'd preach my voice out, but I still have it, and, uh, and I'm glad for that. So uh, we're just going to be looking at the life of Jesus this morning uh, as we're moving forward, uh, marching on into January 2018 here. Uh, we'll be looking in the book of Luke, and what we're really looking at is, uh, there's a, uh, I, I call it the missing link. <clears throat> there was something different about Jesus' latter three and a half years compared to his first 30 years. The first 30 years Jesus lived, he lived a life where, uh, you know, not a whole lot is said, not a whole lot of details. We don't see any miracles. We don't see any blinded eyes being opened. We don't see any uh, miracle manifest of heaven on earth. But then those latter three and a half years of Jesus' life, uh, John tells us there's not enough volumes or books in the world that could contain everything that happened that literally changed this world. And let me tell you what, there was something that happened from him being 30 and him being 31, 32, and 33 that literally has uh, impacted even our lives today. And I call it the missing link. And we know what the missing link is, is we ask the question, you know, what is it? We're going to look this morning to see what it is. Uh, guys, my monitor is, is off. Uh, it's on, but there's nothing there. If you guys could help me out there, that would, uh, I see changes taking place immediately. Boy, the technology of the house. Praise God for that. So uh, as we look at that this morning, I want us to see if <clears throat> in our life there's this missing link as well. Because we may have been living years and it's just kind of just been a humdrum year after year. We're just counting time and it looks like uh, nothing really impactful is going to happen, happen with us. Our, our lives are not going to really make this big difference in the world. And the Bible
Bible tells us, or Jesus himself says, that we were created in the image of God and that what we've seen him do, the Bible says that we're to do even greater works after the Spirit of God has come upon us. So we know that we're, we're here for purpose. God has a plan for our lives. He tells us in Jeremiah 29 and 11, he says, I know the plans that I have for you. God says, I'm not going to be moved off of this. I am committed to this. I have plans for you. Listen to God speak to you today. He says, I know I have plans for you. Don't try and talk me out of my plans for you. Don't try and tell me your circumstances and tell me your history and tell me your lack and tell me your shortcomings. He says, none of that's going to move me off of my plan for you. And my plans for you, they are, they are for peace. They're not for evil. He said, Satan has come to kill, steal, and destroy. Stop blaming me for the negative stuff in your life. Stop taking the hammer and hitting your hand and, and saying, God, why did you hit my hand? You hit your hand, okay? Or the devil comes in and sideswipes you and you're like, God, why did you sideswipe me? The devil did it. For the devil comes but to kill, steal, and destroy. Stop blaming God for the negative. Stop blaming God for the sickness. Stop blaming God for the loss. He says, I've got plans. I know my plans and you're not moving me off of my plans. And my plans for you are peace. And this word peace is shalom, which means there's nothing broken and nothing missing. God says, my plan is that nothing would be broken in your life. Nothing would be missing in your life. And my plans are not evil, but to give you a future and a hope. Or literally translated from the Hebrew to, to English would be to give you the future you hope for. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. We've got, we've got to see what God has for us. Place our hope in that so that our faith can bring forth the manifest here on earth. He said, I know the plans that I have for you, the purpose and the destiny I have for you. He says, before you were ever uh, created, before the, I even uh, you were in your mother's womb, uh, before even the foundation of the earth, he says, I have set out a plan for you. I've called you and I've got a purpose for you. So before the foundation of the world, God's been writing his plan out for your life. That's how important you are. He wrote your plans down that He has for you, for your life. He, he wrote His purpose down that He has for your life. Things He wants you to experience and fulfill in life, even before the foundation of the earth. Let me tell you what, God loves you. God cares about you. He has a plan for you. And it's time that we would embrace to become, to begin to know and embrace the very will of God in His covenant that He has for us. He has an amazing covenant that He has given us. Noah didn't have the covenant we have. Moses didn't have the covenant we have. Job didn't have the covenant we have. David didn't have the covenant we have. Adam didn't have the covenant we have. We have a covenant through Jesus Christ and the blood of the Lamb of God. Let me tell you what, it's a higher covenant. It's a better covenant. We have a better high priest. There was, there, the blood that was signed our covenant was the blood of the Son of God. Let me tell you what, we need to embrace the will of God and the covenant plans that He has for us. His plans for you are greater than you. <clears throat> did you know that? What you see, like Jesus did in His 30 years, His 30 years were preparation. The Bible says He grew in wisdom and in the favor of man. That's about all it says. In those 30 years, He grew in wisdom and in the favor of man. But He was growing with a purpose. There was a plan for His life. There was a plan that God had for His Son. 
God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So Jesus came with a plan, but the first 30 years didn't seem that uh, extravagant, didn't seem that world-changing, if I could say it that way. But He was here with that plan. Your life up to this point may not have seemed that grand, may not seem that world-changing. But let me tell you what, just like Jesus was born with a plan of the Father, you were put here on planet Earth and God has a plan for you. His plans for you to live in peace where there's nothing broken and there's nothing missing. He is, his plan for you is for you to live a, a life where evil is not ruling your life where you have a future that God has for you and a hope that God has for you that you can exercise faith in, where there is joy unspeakable and full of glory. I could go on and on talking about the plan of God for your life. Now Jesus said, if you see me, He says, you've seen the Father. But as you see me as well, He says, what I'm doing, you're going to do. And you're going to do greater things than I'm even doing because of the plan of the Father for you after the Spirit of God comes upon all of you. Jesus was saying it's limited to my, me, one, singular. But it, what God has done through me, He's going to be doing through all of you. Hallelujah. But we know that there was this missing link, that something transformed and transferred in Jesus' life that went from year 30 going into year 31 that literally opened the heavens through Him to be brought here to this earth. And we're going to look at that in Luke 4 and 14 and we're going to see exactly what it is. The Scripture tells us specifically what it was. Jesus in John chapter, I mean Luke chapter 3 <coughs> He goes and he is baptized by John the Baptist and the Bible says, Father God speaks and says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit as a dove came upon Jesus and and there is Jesus being baptized in the water. Man, what a beautiful picture of the Trinity there. Father God speaking, the son being baptized in water and the Holy Spirit as a dove coming upon Jesus, the Father, the Son and the Holy Ghost all at one time. What a beautiful picture there. But look what happens after that. It says in verse 14 of the next chapter, chapter 4, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. That has never been said about Jesus for His 30 years, but now going into His 31st year, when the Spirit of God came upon Him as a dove, the Bible says now He's returned from that occasion, from that event, with the power of the Spirit. He returned with the power of the Spirit... And then it goes on in verse 16 and says, He came or returned to Nazareth where he had been brought up. So he goes back into the place where they watched him for 30 years and his life has just been the carpenter's son. His life has just been kind of like yours and mine, just growing in wisdom and stature and favor of God and favor of man. And, and, and it's just kind of been a normal life. But now as he goes back to his normalcy, he goes back into his normalcy with something extra. He goes back in the power of the Spirit. So now he goes, the Bible says, as was his custom, he goes to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He'd been doing this his whole life. Going to the synagogue, going to the synagogue. Nothing really changed. Nothing really happened. But something is different today. Because now the Spirit of God has come upon him. Now he is anointing of the Spirit of God and he goes into the synagogue and he takes the book and he turns to the prophet Isaiah and when he opened the book he found the place where it was written and he reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. (laughs) 
Come on now. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and he gave it back to the attendant and he sat down. Now all of the eyes were on him who were in the synagogue, fixed on him, and he began to say to them, Today, come on, say it, today. Something can change today. Hallelujah. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus tells them, as he tells us, that the missing link is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The missing link is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And the moment he told them that, they celebrated. They praised God. They had a dance party. They got the flags out. They began to blow the shofar. And they said, Hallelujah! We have the uh, ever-present living anointing of the Spirit of God in the house. No, that's not what they did. The Bible tells us, on the contrary, they tried to get rid of him. They tried to silence him. Religion always tries to get rid of the power. You need to know that. Religion always wants to silence a now word from God. Jesus has been reading his part of the text of the scripture for all of these years, but now he reads it and says something different. He says, now it is fulfilled in your presence. This anointing that Isaiah prophesied that is going to come upon this earth has now been made manifest and they tried to silence him. See, religion always tries to stop the current move of God and build altars to the past move of God. We've got to be careful not to get caught up in a spirit of religion. For a spirit of religion will say, this is how it used to be. This is the way I liked it of days of old. And it wants us to build altars to that of the past. But Jesus says, I'm telling you, our past is our foundation and our past is good. I'm reading from our past, but our past is speaking about today and our tomorrow. And we must speak about our today and our tomorrow as we move into it. We have to be careful about a spirit of religion because a spirit of religion loves form. It loves strict regiment. You know, religion is, it loves a program. You know, we had a funeral recently and there was a program. I'm telling you, this is not a funeral we're at today. We're at a life celebration. And, 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 and we are not going to uh, uh, just memorialize the things of old. We're going to learn from them. But we're going to learn from them so we can go into our tomorrow with the power of God today. We've got to be at the place where we say we don't want the program and we don't want the production. We want the power. We want the power. For 17 years, I grew up in a religious uh, establishment. And we went there religiously. And my life was norm. Everything was a, it was a treadmill. It was the same one week after the next week after the next week. The only difference was the devil was trying to kill me. The devil was lying to me. The devil was trying to bring discouragement and bring despair. The devil was telling me I was rejected and nobody loved me. The devil 
told me I had no future and no hope. Everything God says, the devil said the opposite. But we religiously went into our religious setting and a religious setting without power. And the day came after an attempted failed suicide attempt where I knew if I don't change something, I'm going to die. And I said to my mother, we cannot go here anymore. We've got to find another place. And she said, why? I said, I really don't know. But there's got to be more. And she said, well, where do you think we should go? I said, we visited a church once and they've got something that we don't have. She said, what is it? I said, I don't know. But they found the missing link. I didn't know what the missing link was. And then the next Sunday we went to that church. Hallelujah! Thank God we went to that church where they were not ashamed of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Where common folks in a common life drew on the power of an uncommon God that brought forth the manifest of heaven on earth. And I began to see it. And I began to feel it. And I said, this is what I was created for. This is my life. And God, through that experience, bringing me into this anointing of the Holy Spirit, got a backwards, unloved, rejected, a farm boy, barefoot, who wouldn't speak in front of anyone, who was even afraid to even speak up to his own mother and had to get so much courage to say that after 17 years, is now, with the anointing of God, will speak to thousands of people unashamedly about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and tell them how God can change their lives. It's not me, it's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. That is the missing link. We want to be equipped so that we can go out and do something. God wants to equip you so you can take control and make a difference that people's lives can be transformed, that people can be healed and, and, and families can be changed and you can have influence and make a difference in the day and the age that we live in. I say it's time for the church to stop watching what goes on in the world and start shaping what goes on in the world. We need to be influenced. We need to be light. We need to be salt. That's what we were created to be. And we can't be it in our religious routine. We can't be it in our own power. We need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Jesus wasn't reading the Jerusalem Gazette. Jesus was writing history. Oh, when the church reads history and reads the news and preaches on the news of the days of old, we should say shame on us. We should be writing history. We should be blazing the new trail. We should have history writers writing about us as they wrote about the great revivals of the days of the, of the past. Because of the power of the Holy Spirit, this world is to be impacted in a supernatural way. That, and, and you and I, you say, well, let there be a, a great man or woman of God be raised up. That's you. That's you. We, we, a day, away with the day of celebrities. Let me tell you what. Celebrities are not trusted. So when you get a celebrity pastor, people don't trust them because celebrities aren't trusted. Celebrities are hypocrites. Celebrities play to be the husband of this woman. Uh, you know, I'm your husband in this, in this movie, but really truly we know that's not their real wife. They're married to so-and-so over here. So the movie is, is portraying something that we know is not factual. And we're okay with that because it's the world of make-believe. 
But then we get a celebrity minister and the same, uh, the same uh, metrics are applied to them. Oh, they're something out front that they're not behind. I say, I say this, and I'm not saying that anybody that's gotten any celebrity uh, uh, status in ministry are that way. I'm not saying that. It's just we tend to apply those metrics and don't receive what God is doing through them. I say what we need to do instead of stand back and throw stones and, and accuse or say negative things, we need to stand up and say, anoint me, Holy Spirit, that, that that person can't touch my neighborhood, that person can't touch my office cubicles, that person can't touch the warehouse I work in, that person can't come into my neighborhood, but I can, and the same anointing is available for me, and God, you have a plan for my life, and it's time for me to stop criticizing and stop start emphasizing heaven on earth and let me be the conduit. Hallelujah. The world became a different place when Jesus showed up. Your office should become a different place when you show up. Your home should become a different place when you show up. Your neighborhood should become a different place when you show up. Does anybody hear what I'm talking about today? Because the Holy Spirit makes a difference when He is working in and through us. See, it is the Holy Spirit who influences us and abiding in us and flowing through us that doesn't leave things the same as we find them. Amen. If they were to remain the same, then why did He come? We see when he came, Jesus, 30 years of the same change, and now he's healing, he's delivering, he's preaching, he's ministering, and he's calling disciples, and he's changing the world. He came, when the Holy Spirit came, he comes as a change agent. He's an agent of change. Do you hear what I'm saying? He's an agent of change. He's an agent of power. He is the anointing of God. The anointing of God means the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. So when the Holy Spirit comes, He lifts the burden. If you got a burden today, you're not created to carry it. No wonder it's suffocating you. No wonder it's causing you lack of sleep. No wonder it's breaking your body and breaking your health and breaking your relationships and destroying your wealth. You weren't created to carry it. What you were created to carry is the anointing of the Spirit of God and where the Spirit of God is uh, there's liberty and He lifts the burdens He destroys the burden He removes the burdens out of our life and He destroys the yokes those things that have been holding you back those things that have been dictating your life those mindsets those drugs uh, those ideologies that have been holding you back those words of the past that have been holding you back let me tell you what you need to say I am not in chains anymore because I receive the anointing of the Spirit of God and when He comes in He destroys the yoke. He breaks off the chains. He frees me from the prison bars that I have been in. He is wisdom. He is a teacher. He gives understanding. He brings comfort to you. He encourages you. He builds you up. He strengthens you. He gives you joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. And if you listen to him, he talks to you about your future. He talks to you about today and tomorrow. He said that stuff of yesterday and yesteryear is under the blood. It's white as snow. The Holy Spirit says, I can't see it. He's the Holy Spirit says that stain and that, that stench that the devil tells you is still on you. He said, I don't see it and I don't smell it. 
If you've come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit says, you're white as snow. He says, so let's talk about your today and your tomorrow. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, this is why the world is so messed up. They don't have the anointing. They don't uh, uh, appreciate the anointing. They don't receive the Holy Spirit. Where there is no Holy Spirit, there is no accurate teaching. Where there is no Holy Spirit, there is no lasting comfort. Where there is no Holy Spirit, there's no good encouragement. Where there's no Holy Spirit, there's no real strength. There are no real answers. There's no real wisdom. There's no real joy. There's no real power. I found out years ago that I've watched men go and run and self-medicate and it would make some of them laugh. It would make some of them cry. It would make some of them bold and it would make some of them a, a weak, okay? And then when they got uh, done with it and it ran its process, then they were holding their head as they were holding a porcelain uh, bowl and they were throwing up and they were saying... and. and and they were swearing off that stuff. I'll never drink it again. I'll never go to that again. Oh, that temporary, whatever it brought was not lasting. It's worse in the end than the beginning. Uh, that high they had, they said, wasn't worth it. But then the next time they were under the pressure and the next time they were feeling the burden, they would go run back to it. Why? Because there was nobody living a demonstration before them through the power of the Holy Spirit that there's a high that comes from God that has no, has no uh, setback. It has no hangover. And they didn't see a joy that was unspeakable and full of glory in the midst of the trial and a power that would blaze through the limitation. They didn't see that. Nobody was witnessing that. So they would run to the cheap imitations of that a spirit, little s spirit that all these bars tell you that they have. We tell we got we got food and spirits. Oh yes, they do. But those spirits can't do what the Holy Spirit can do. And don't tell me you're ashamed of the Holy Spirit if you've ever run to those spirits. Okay, you run to a degrading uh, and you run to a poverty stricken and you run to a, 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 a you know a thing a rot gut spirit that will do nothing but put you in bondage and destroy and steal from you. And you're not ashamed of that, but you're going to be ashamed of the. Holy Spirit, I would say unto you, you need to check out your senses and see what real world you're in. Come on now. Because the Spirit of the living God will bring a high that has no hangover. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus says, don't go anywhere, disciples, until you've been clothed from on high. You need to be wrapped up. You need to be endued with power from on high. You need my Holy Spirit, he said, uh, before this church thing can ever take off. And when the church thing takes off, he said, the gates of hell are going to have to draw in their gates. But the gates of hell will not prevail. They close their gates. Satan said, when the church starts, i got a gate and hold in what I've been stealing and what I've already got. But Jesus says, my church is going to come against the gates of hell. That the gates of hell can't prevail against the battering ram of the church and the church is going to go in and rescue the perishing. The church is going to go and bring sight to those who are blind. The church is going to go and bring freedom to those who are in bondage. The church is going to bring light where there's darkness. So the gates of hell is holding its gate. But you know what? If there's a religious group who claims to be a church without the Spirit of God, the, you know what the church, the gates of hell do? They open them 
Shabbat. They said, we're open for business. Uh, there's no threat outside the gate. There's no light outside the gate. There's no real power outside the gate. There's a form of godliness, but they denied the power. There's a form out there, but we laugh at that because we get into the politics of that, these demon spirits say, and we have more fun causing chaos and inner turmoil among them than we do even among those that are in a bondage of what we have. I'm here to tell you it's time as we go into 2018 and we hear the Spirit of God say this is the year of the Holy Ghost. This is the year of the Holy Spirit anointing that we need to say welcome Holy Spirit that the church is still open for business uh, that we're going to be the manifest conduit uh, of heaven on earth uh, that our lights are on uh, gates of hell. You better shut your gates back. Uh, you better shut the door and you better lock it up because not only are we going to put you out of business uh, we're going to come in and rescue what you've got behind those gates uh, because of not who we are but because of whose we are and the anointing of the Holy Spirit hallelujah hallelujah Jesus says be endued with on, from on high with power then you will be my witnesses then you'll start to see some stuff you'll start to witness some stuff you'll start experiencing the supernatural See, without power, you just hear about stuff. Without power, you live bound and frustrated lives. I've seen it too much. But with His power, you begin to witness things, He said. You will see things. 1 Corinthians 2 and 9, He says, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. Come on now. Let our eyes begin to see and our ears begin to hear and our hearts begin to, to, to receive what God wants to do. It says, but God has revealed these to us through His Spirit. How is this going to come? Through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. Without the Holy Spirit, you're not going to see what God has for you. Without the Holy Spirit, you're not going to hear what God has for you. Without the Holy Spirit, you're not going to understand what God has for you. Without the Holy Spirit, you're not going to experience what God has for you. This is why we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. And things begin to change. 30 years of, we don't know what happened other than him making tables and doors and building houses as a carpenter's son. But all of a sudden, he returns in the power of the Spirit. And things begin to change. Heaven begins to manifest on earth. Hallelujah. Something happened in his life. Jesus came, Paul tells us in Philippians 2, 5 through 11, he says, Jesus came to us purposely as a man just like us. In other words, he laid his splendor and he laid his glory as the Son of God. He laid, left that in heaven and came as a man. A man that was a servant, a servant obedient even unto the, unto the, uh, the death on a tree. He was hung on a cross. He did that to show us an example to follow. That we too, in this manhood, this we women and men, you female and male, in this body, that we can depend and lean on and trust the Holy Spirit to bring forth the manifest of heaven on earth through us, just like it did with Jesus. I know it's, it's sometimes hard to believe, but, but I can't be like Jesus. But Jesus said, what you've seen me do... These things you too will do. 
but even greater things after I go to the Father and the Spirit comes unto you. So he's saying what I was limited with in one human body, you're going to have now access to in millions and millions and billions of bodies. My Spirit is going to do the same thing. So what you got to do is be careful not to quench my Spirit or grieve my Spirit. You can do that. You can turn him off and say, no, I like religion. I like the way, I want to hold on to what it was. I want to memorialize how it used to be. I want to try and tap into a feeling of old. Hopefully I can get a song. Hopefully I can get a, a word. Hopefully I can get a moment where I feel what I felt 10 years ago so I can go back. And the Spirit of God is always is telling us, let's go forward. It didn't go back to Jesus' 30 years. It went forward into his three and a half years that followed, changing the world. So we got to build on what our past is, but we got to go forward into what God has for our future. And Jesus says, here's what the Spirit of God has come upon me, and I'm going to do. Verse 18, he said in Luke 4, to preach the gospel to the poor. Now one meaning for this is freedom from being defined by your status. So he's going to preach good news to the poor. If you're poor in spirit, if you're poor in finances, if you're poor in your relationships, if you're poor in your uh, wisdom, wherever your poverty is, he says, I'm going to bring good news. It's a turnaround. This is a year for the turnaround. This is the year for promotion. This is, the year, this is good news, not bad news. And, and, and that status that you've been known as being poor or being the quiet one or being the shy one or being the dumb one or whatever that status is, I'm going to liberate you from that status. Hallelujah. You're not going to be defined by how you grew up, is what he's saying. You're not going to be defined by your past. You're not going to be defined by your past choices. And let me tell you what, we've all made some poor choices in the past. If I asked for a hand show, every one of us would say, I've made some stupid decisions in my past. I've made some poor choices in my past. But he says, I, my anointing has come so that you're not defined by your past status. You're not defined by your past mistakes. You're not defined by your past sin, Jesus says, I define you by my anointing. When you receive my anointing, he says, going forward, now you are the anointed one. You are a Christian. Do you know what Christ is? It's not Jesus' last name. It comes from the Greek Christos, uh, which means the anointing or of the anointing. So when you are a Christian, you are of the anointing. So you're no longer the poor one from across the tracks. You're no longer the slow one, the dumb one. You're no longer the one that grew up in the messed up family. You're no longer the drug addict. You're you're no longer the alcoholic. You're no longer that. That You are now defined by my status. You are a Christian. You are of the anointing. You're going forward with access to heaven's power on earth in you and through you. Hallelujah. So no longer are you going to be defined by your status of lack or negativity. Somebody ought to say, I'm, I want the anointing just for that. I want the anointing just for that. I came, I came out of whack. I came out of whack. Let me tell you what. Lack and whack is my past. So go ahead and redefine me of anointed one. Amen. Hallelujah. And Jesus said to heal the brokenhearted, to heal those who are emotionally damaged, to, to be delivered of emotional bondage. Did you know there's a place you can be where there's called arrested development? 
that when you were going through some stuff that you maybe were not mature enough to handle that stuff, but it was forced upon you anyway, it calls it arrested development. And because you didn't have the, the, the wisdom or the guidance or the maturity or the years of experience and how to process it, it caused you emotionally to be damaged in that area. And, and, and in a sense that, that and when you deal in those areas going forward, even as an adult, that you do not handle those situations as most people, normal people would. But here the anointing, Jesus says, is to come right into the midst of your mess. Come right into the midst of your broken heart. Come right into the midst of your arrested development. Come right into the midst of, you came out of crazy, but you're not going to be crazy. You came out of sadness, but you're not going to be sad. You came out of brokenness, but you're not going to be broke anymore. He says, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. That spirit of rejection's got to go. It's been holding its uh, uh, a lie over you for all of these years that you're unloved and unlovable and nobody wants to get close to you and everybody who gets close to you, they don't like you anymore and you have no real friends and you can't have this and you can't have that. It, that, uh, that lie is exposed. Uh, your heart is healed uh, and you can move forward with uh, relationships and wholeness that God has for you. And he said this anointing is to proclaim liberty to the captives. This means that God's Spirit, hallelujah, that by His Spirit we are freed from anything that is holding us back. Go ahead and identify it right now. What's holding me back? God's got great promises for me in this year. What's holding me back? Let me tell you what. He says I, He's proclaiming. This anointing is proclaiming liberty right now over you, you who are being held captive. Freed from anything that's trying to control you. You are freed from anything and everything the enemy has lied to try and hold you back. The Holy Spirit's not trying to control you. He wants to empower your self-control. He gives the fruit of self-control so that you can... See, the Holy Spirit don't even want you as a puppet. Some people say, well, the devil got me as a puppet, so i got to come over here and let the Holy Spirit do me. No, the Holy Spirit says it doesn't work that way. He says, I value you so much. You were created before the foundation of the world. God's got a plan for you. It's a good plan. It's a peace plan. It's for you to prosper. It's for you to be in hell. It's for you to, to be the head and not the tail. He says, I, I'm not here to control you. I'm just here to empower you. I'm to empower you with self-control that you can walk in the way and walk in the will and walk in the, in the promise of God. Hallelujah. And then he said, this anointing is to proclaim a recovery of sight to the blind. That means physical healing. That this anointing is to bring the will of heaven on earth as Jesus taught us to pray. We have the healing rooms. We have the healing school. Let me tell you, every Tuesday night, why do we do the healing rooms? Every Tuesday night, why is Dr. East here uh, with the healing school teaching? The reason is because Jesus said this anointing is to bring recovery of sight to the blind. You'll be able to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You'll be able to rebuke a spirit of infirmity and the spirit of infirmity have to leave that person's body. You'll be able to declare healing and wholeness uh, and there's a power available from heaven uh, that will sweep into this earth and will bring healing virtue in and through their lives. He said this anointing is to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And oppression means to be powerless over your future. I'm telling you, if you're here today worried about your future, that's a spirit of oppression. If you're here worried about your retirement, that's a spirit of oppression. If you're here worried about your health in the future, that's a spirit of oppression. That oppression is trying to tell you you are powerless over your future. Let me tell you, it tells you that your future is in the hands of your oppressor. 
I'm here to tell you the oppressor is a liar. Because the anointing of the Holy Spirit says, I'm here to set you free from that spirit of oppression. I am here to bring you power to remove the lid. That I'm telling you in a family, and nobody in your family ever graduated from high school. Let me tell you what, you graduate from high school. They say, no, no, you're a, you're a such and such, and you can't graduate from high school. Nobody's ever graduated from high school. You say, you spirit of oppression, I come against you in the name of Jesus. I receive the anointing of the Spirit of God who, who, who sets me at liberty. He removes the oppression. So I can graduate high school in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And just to show you, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get a bachelor's degree. I remember when I was going after a bachelor's degree and no Lambert's had bachelor's degrees, and they're thinking, what do you need a bachelor's degree? You're growing up on a farm. You're out here in this little town this little community what in the world you need that college for but I said I'm, I just knew I was supposed to go I was supposed to get this bachelor's degree nobody cheered nobody celebrated not a whole lot showed up when I graduated because they didn't see the value in it but I'm here to tell you I said I'm breaking the lid God says me to study his word and show myself studying his word rightly proving his word so I'm going to go ahead and get a, you know what devil just to show you I'm going on for a master's degree so I went on got a master's degree and people in my family says a master's degree what's that a master electrician you're going to do electrical work? I said, no, master plumber. You're going to do plumber? I said, no, it's a master's degree. He said, well, we don't know what is a master's degree. I said, it doesn't really matter. It's just, it's, it's my course of life. And then when I got through the master's degree, I said, you know what? No Lambert has ever gone through a bachelor's. No Lambert has got a master's. And I don't know if Lambert's ever gotten a PhD. So let's just go ahead for a PhD. And I, and I said, Lord, if you'll provide for a PhD, I'll do a PhD. A family came up to me and said, the Lord told me to pay for you to get a doctorate. And how much is it? Find out how much it is and we'll give you the money all up front. So I went and found out how much it was, told them they gave me all the money up front. I said, Lord, I needed that because what i got to go through now, I'm going to really know you behind this thing. And then I did it because the Holy Spirit removes the spirit of oppression, removes the lid. Do you know what I'm saying? I went to my father's, uh, uh, the, the graveyard where my father and my grandfather and the Lamberts are buried. And uh, this was just, uh, this last summer it was. And I'm taking pictures of the tombstones and just kind of getting history together. And here's granddaddy and here's great-granddaddy and here's daddy. And, and I looked and I calculated. None of them lived to be over 63 years old. And I'm like, all oh, the Lambert men are dying. Well, 63 and younger. And the devil says, well, you better get ready because you're getting close and you don't have much longer. And I said, wait a minute, huh, there's an anointing of the Holy Ghost and He sets at liberty those who are oppressed. So you spirit of oppression, I rebuke you and I renounce you right now. I'm going to break a hundred just to be in your face, okay? I'm going, I'm going and I'm going to be healthy and I'm going to be whole and I'm going to have my right mind. Hallelujah. Now does that mean I'm great? No, I've tapped into greatness and you can tap into greatness too because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He removes the chains, He removes the limitations. Hallelujah. See, the, 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 the power of the Holy Spirit silences the voices of the enemy who told you you can't. Anybody heard that before? You can't do it. You can't make it. You can't. You can't. Well, now you, by the power and the anointing of the Spirit of God, you can say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Look at that scripture. I can do all things through who? Christ. Is that his last name? No. That is the entitlement of the anointing. I can do all things through the anointing because it is the anointing that strengthens me. Somebody's going to get this. Somebody's going to break free. Somebody's going to stop living your 30 years of norm and you're going into your 31st year of miracle making and miracle power and anointing that is breaking yokes and lifting burdens like never before. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit empowers you to break out of the limitations of your life. And then verse 19, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. 
which means the year of favor. You better rise up. I can't proclaim it for you. You've got to proclaim it for your own life. This is my year of favor. You say, well, the first three weeks hadn't been that good. The devil is a liar. You're going to let what the past dictate your future when you have access to the anointing? You need to do what Jesus did. Jesus proclaimed it. You need to proclaim it. This is the year of favor. This is a time when the sower is going to overtake the reaper. Hallelujah. This is the time when your harvest uh, is coming as soon as you're sowing it. You've got one hand sowing it, but then there's harvest. There's, so there's, it's, that's the time of favor. That's your year of favor, which also means the year of restoration where Joel prophesies and records as he heard God speak. He wrote what God said. And God says, I will restore to you the years of the swarming locusts that they've eaten. I will restore to you what the crawling locusts and the consuming locusts and the chewing locusts have destroyed. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God. God has declared the year of restoration. This is the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of favor and the year of restoration. But you must join in with God and proclaim it over your life. Hallelujah. And from this passage of Scripture, all of this that Jesus does, He does in the power of the Holy Spirit. He preaches good news to the poor. He heals the brokenhearted. He sets at liberty those who are captive. He frees them from anything that's been holding them back. He does all this healing the sick and, and giving people power of self-control rather than being controlled by the enemy and, and the ability to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He does it all by the power and the anointing of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How did Jesus, how did Jesus go from 30 years of just being the carpenter's son to then, bam, this mark, everything is powerful. Everything is healing. Everything is deliverance. Everything is life-changing. Everything is bringing light to darkness. Everything is changing the world for a better place. It's when he was anointed with the Holy Spirit. Now, what did he do to receive the Spirit? We see that he humbled himself to the will of the Father, right? John the Baptist tried to circumvent that and say, Jesus, I know who you are. And I don't need to baptize you. You should be baptizing me. And Jesus had to rebuke him and say, no, that it may be fulfilled. He's basic. Jesus says, I have to go through this sign of death, burial to myself in the flesh and a resurrection to new life as I come up out of that water as a open testimony and witness and a declaration of my humility or me humbling myself to the will of the Father. I got to do it. I got to do it. We know it wasn't for forgiveness of sins because Jesus did not sin, but it was to humble himself. Jesus modeled what we need to do to humble ourselves. That we too need to allow our bodies to be immersed into the water as a sign of, of total surrender, dying to the old self. This is just a, a type. This is just a symbolism. But this is what we have to do in our heart. Submit ourselves to God. Humble ourselves. And, and he uses immersion because everything gets wet. See, God says to us, in essence, with its definition of the word he uses, that he's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. We've got to get wet, all of us. A lot of people say, you know, it's easy for me to give this part of my life to the Lord. 
I got, I got trouble in my marriage. I want to give my marriage to the Lord. I have trouble with my children. I want to give my parenting to the Lord. I have trouble in promotion at work, so I want to give what I do at work to the Lord. You know, I got trouble in my health. I want to give my body to the Lord. But they don't want to give their tongue to the Lord. Or they don't want to give their finances to the Lord. Someone says, I was baptized, and all you could see was my checkbook held up over the water. Another person said, you think that's bad? When they baptized me, all you could see was my tongue sticking out of the water. <laughs> you got to give it all. You got to participate in faith in every area with Him. Why do you think God? You think God needs money? He who created gold? He who created diamonds? He who created emeralds? Do you think He needs gold? Do you think He needs emeralds? Do you think He needs money? Come on now. He gives that to us, the challenge of the tithe and the offerings, so that we can humble ourselves, show that we're trusting you, God, even in our finances. Man, we're in 2018. If you've not learned this lesson yet, you, you, should, you should wake up today because God will do better in and through your finances than the devil will do, will do you, okay? And you only got... One or the other. You'll love one, hate the other, be devoted to one, despise the other. You can't serve two masters. Isn't that what Jesus said? So you got you to gotta show who's the master, who's the Lord. Man, I'm so glad my checkbook, my pocket, everything went under the water. And here I am living, you know, moved here 25 years ago. No support, no money, nobody cheering me on. But the Lord said, this is where I'm sending you. And I said, Lord, I'm going where you send me, and I'm going to trust you. If I make a dollar, dime of it, yours. He, tr he tried me in that for a long time because about a dollar was about all I got. <laughs> it was a long, 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 hard way. But I tell you, as I trusted him and proved myself, he trusted me with more, and he trusted me with more. And today is beyond anything I could have ever imagined. I couldn't have dreamed it. I couldn't have not figured it. It would have gotten to where it's at. But all I can do is say, God gets the glory. God gets the glory. I'm not that smart. And I'm not able to figure all that out. But He is working for me in every area that surrendered to Him. you got to humble yourself to your Father in heaven. Then Jesus, we see according to the Scripture, uh, He went on and He uh, got a revelation of His Father's love. Remember, Jesus heard God the Father say, This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. And that's the very thing Satan came against. Satan came against it and said, if you are the Son of God. Remember the temptation? First one, turn this stone into bread. If you are the Son of God, you've got to get a revelation of your Father's love. Let me tell you, don't let what the enemy has done to you make you impose that on God. Jesus says Satan's come to kill, steal, and destroy. That wasn't God. So all of the pain in your life was not from God. The enemy wants you to think it was from God so that you don't feel that God truly loves you. Because if you don't truly feel like you're a son or a daughter of the Most High God, you're not going to operate in faith. You will not walk in faith. You'll walk by sight. You've got to be convinced that God loves you. And He does. He loves you more than you can even imagine. He has cared for you and stuck with you when you've turned your back on Him and when you've cursed His name. He said, there's no shadow of turning with me. God loves you. And you've got you to get that revelation. And you've got to hold on to it, even in dark days, that God loves me. And then the third and final thing, Jesus was able to go through the devil's temptations because he resisted and refused to believe anything other than what his father said. 
he held on to his father's words. We got to learn to take the word of God. There's over 7,000 promises he gives to us. And he says all the promises of God are yea and amen. We got to learn to take the word of God and hold on to the word of God and look at the word of God rather than look at our circumstances. Because our circumstances will be contrary to what the word says. Satan wants us to see the wind and see the waves so that we'll sink and die. But Jesus, the Word, Jesus is the Word, wants us to keep our eyes on Him so that we can walk above the circumstances, that we can walk in the miraculous. So Jesus held on to His Father's Word. Let me tell you, the first sin, the first sin with Adam and Eve was when they believed something other than what God said. The first sin was doubt. They doubted what God said. And Satan led the way. All sin comes from wrong believing. All sinful actions come from wrong believing. So we need to place our faith in God today and in His Word. And as Luke 24, 49 says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you've been endued from on high with power, Jesus said. Don't go out and try to make a difference and let the light of heaven shine through you until you've been endued from on high with power. Hallelujah. And the disciples did. And on the day of Pentecost, we know, they were filled with the Spirit of God. And they began to preach as Peter, who was uh, denying he knew the Lord with the power of the anointing, is now proclaiming the gospel message and 3,000 are saved that day. And every day the church is growing. The Bible says since then the church has been growing. But let me tell you what, don't be fooled. As you step out in the anointing, the enemy, as they tried to silence Jesus and shut him up and throw him over the cliff and do everything they could to silence the anointing, the enemy's going to come against you as well. He's going to come against you as well. Now, I don't say that to scare you. I say that to prepare you. Because if you'll get into Acts chapter 4... From Acts chapter 2, as the disciples have been ministering and operating in the anointing of God, here's what they said. Behold, they said, now look, the Lord, Lord, look, they're threatening us. They're, they're, they're trying to come in and threaten us. And they want to kill us. And they want to silence us. And they want to shut us up. But we need boldness. They recognize their boldness came from the anointing. He said, we need boldness to speak your word to stretch your hand to heal and the signs and wonders that would be done in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So they're praying. They're praying. Jesus, 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 how about fill us up again? Give us a refilling of your spirit. They've already been filled, but they wanted to be refilled, which tells me that if we'll be smart, we too need to pray for a refilling that we need a refilling of the Spirit of God as we go into 2018 and the rest of our life. We need to be refilled over and over and over by the Spirit of God. So much so that I challenge you this year that every time you fill up your gas tank while you're filling it up, say, this old car, this old rust bucket to be needs this fuel to get me where I need to be. How much more that this body of Christ, this creative plan of God, this personhood, this son, this daughter need to be refilled with the power of heaven. And while you're filling the tank, you just start saying, God, let there be a shaking in my life and a refilling in my life. When you're at a restaurant and a waitress comes to fill up your glass with water, 
water. You say, as she's refilling that water, as this physical body needs hydration, so my spiritual body needs hydration. Refill me, Lord God, with the power of your Spirit. And if you begin to pray a prayer of refilling uh, throughout the year, you're going to see a, a year of a manifestation uh, like you've never seen before because you're not drawing on yesterday's bread or yesteryear's anointing. You're right now, as Jesus said, right now, this word is fulfilled in your presence and you'll be filled and filled with the power of God to go forward. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me, please? Father, we stand in your presence now. God, as they stood in Acts chapter 4, Lord God, and they said, Lord, this world is hard. There's a real devil in this world. The enemy's still trying to kill. The enemy's still trying to steal. The enemy's still trying to destroy. The threats all around. So, Lord God, we need a refilling of your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come and fill us afresh. Fill us anew. Hallelujah. Somebody in this house is going to get it right now. That you're getting ready to go forward with the fullness of an anointing and the fullness of the power of God. The very missing link that turned Jesus from ordinary 30 years into the extraordinary, miraculous manifest of heaven on earth is going to begin in your life right now because you humble yourself and you submit and you surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, I surrender everything unto you Lord and I believe that I am the apple of my father's eye that I am a son or a daughter of the most high God and he loves me he loves me yes he does and I take every word that you have given to me I take every promise that you have given to me and I practice what Jesus did he began to proclaim them he began to say them and as I say them so I was created in in your order so that when you spoke in Genesis 1 in 1 let there be light the spirit that was hovering over this earth uh, the darkness and the void uh, took your word took the proclamation uh, and the anointing uh, made it happen uh, I'm going to line up my tongue with your word uh, and as your son or your daughter uh, as your child I'm going to speak your word uh, I'm going to speak it in faith uh, and I'm going to hold your word uh, and I welcome the filling and the refilling uh, of you Holy Spirit spirit to come in uh, to fill to flow through uh, to bring forth the manifest of the word spoken from heaven to earth uh, in and through my life hallelujah fill me spirit of the living God fill me from the top to the bottom and the bottom to the top let my cup run over yes Lord let my cup run over somebody in here ask God to fill you today ask God to fill you today and there'll be a shaking of heaven on earth a shaking to where the move of God and the manifest of God is a reality to shake you out of the old and into the new. Fill us, God, for this week. Fill us, Lord God, for this day, this coming Monday, this Tuesday, the rest of this week, Lord God, the rest of this year. Fill us, Lord, we pray. Let there be a shaking in my life. Let there be a liberating, Lord God. Let there be a promotion, Lord God. Lord, and I will be faithful, just tell him. I'll be faithful to proclaim your word, to proclaim your word. I'm going to speak your word in the anointing, by the anointing, through the anointing, and the anointing is going to bring it to manifest. Now you can just go ahead and start thanking God for what's going to happen.